Bull. You're listening to 88.1 KCOU Columbia. Yeah. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Analytics Association on KCU 88.1 FM. I'm Adam Rosen, and Jack is unable to be here today because he can't get, he, uh, his ride was unable, switched from spring break, so today I have with me Joe Miller. Yep. You can uh, introduce we, yourself. We, yeah, I'm Joe Miller. I'm not Jack McGrath. Uh, yeah, like you're saying, I hope Jack McGrath is not stranded for too long in Chicago. I'm not sure if I'm going to be good in this co-host position but uh, it was more of a game time decision we'll see how this pans out you got this buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of decisions the jets made the decision to finally get rid of sam darnold you have free the man away from the poor from away from the reins of the old adam gase era thank gosh as the panthers traded for sam darnold and actually just picked up his fifth year option so i like that move for them uh, maybe going to bring in competition for Teddy Bridgewater, and maybe they believe Matt Rule can fix him, but who knows. But other than that, football, we talk too much football on here. There is no uh, – not that football is not bad. We love football, but there's more stuff right now. March Madness is still – well, the national men's national championships tonight. Last night, the women's national championship, Stanford and Arizona. What a fun game that was. Congratulations to the Stanford women's to basketball team for winning the national championship. But – and and tonight we have the we have the men's national championship between the number one and two teams from the preseason. First time that's happened since 2000 2001 with Arizona and Duke, and first time since 04 05 since we've had the number one and 02 seeds overall in the tournament face off in the national championship between North Carolina and uh, Illinois. We don't talk about that game. <laughs> I don't talk about that game. You guys can. I just won't listen. I'm just not going to listen to it. So, but speaking of North Carolina. Uh, hats off to Roy Williams on a fantastic coaching career, retiring on April Fool's Day, and everyone thought it was a joke. No, yeah, Roy Williams, especially, yeah, when you make a move like that on April Fool's Day, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, you're sort of asking for people to not take it seriously a little bit, but yeah, hats off to Roy Williams. He's one of six coaches who's won three national championships, all four the North Carolina Tar Heels. Second winningest coach in UNC history. He's the only coach with 400 wins at two different schools. He's, I believe, third in all-time postseason wins in college basketball. Roy Williams is at the top of all of the leaderboards stat-wise in college basketball for coaching. And he should be commended on the great career he's had. Oh, yeah. And, again, obviously he's been in the Hall of Fame for a while. Uh, fun fact, I mean, he's in the Nation of Basketball Hall of Fame. If you ever get a chance to go to Boston – Definitely go and put that on your list. The in Springfield, it's in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's about an hour and a half. It's a really cool place, the Naismith Hall of Fame. And I know we're not. I don't know how we feel about the name Naismith that came here because it's a Kansas name, but deal with it. Is it outside of uh, Boston? It's in Springfield, Massachusetts. So it's about an hour and a half. I got. It's been a few years. It's been uh, five years. So yeah, I've always wanted to check it out. It's very cool. Um, it is very cool. They've got a lot of stuff there. So can compare your your uh, wingspan to Kevin Durant's or uh, in a, at least I don't know if you still can but when they did it was he was in his Thunder jersey except it was a month after he left for uh, Golden State but no uh, it's a really cool place definitely something that people want to check so he's there he's obviously there he's gonna he, no matter what he deserves that 
Uh, and another coach who's not retiring but leaving. He, Moving on. Porter, uh, along with, actually, there's two coaches who move on. Porter Mosier is moving from Chicago to Oklahoma, and I'm a Chicago fan. I love Chicago. Not fr- I'm, from the, I'm from the suburbs, not from the city. Never going to say that part. But he's going to Oklahoma. Disappointing for Loyola fans, and uh, it's a really disappointing because there were articles saying, is Loyola going to be the next, try and be the next Gonzaga? And obviously, that's a tall task because Gonzaga's been great forever. It feels like forever now. I think they've been one of the best teams. I can't even tell you the last time they were bad. For at least like 10, 15 years. Fact, I mean, Gonzaga's men's basketball history. If I look that up quickly. Um, let's see. And yeah, spe- speaking of which, Gonzaga, they're in the national championship game tonight. I'm really excited to watch how that plays out. Now, here you go. Yeah. Last time they missed the national championship, or national championship, the last the time they missed the tournament was in 1988, or 1998-99, or no, 1997-98. They lost, they've been there for so long. Mark Few has been there forever. Um, so, I mean, this this team has, this team is unbelievable. I mean, you're led by Jalen Suggs, who's going to be that, who's going to be top five tra- draft pick in the NBA draft. Right. You have to believe. And, I mean, we could talk about that shot he made forever. I mean, I was streaming it. Um, I was with my brother on Saturday, so we were streaming the game, and oh my god, when he hit that shot, I was we screwed. My, my dad Facetimed me, and I'm like, "Hold on, we don't know what happened." And then we right after I answered the call, Juzang tied it, and then I'm like, "Hold on," and then we scream because it ha- he hits the shot, and oh my gosh, right? That shot, that's gotta be. I was asked. We're, okay, I'm going to ask you four at one. Obviously, I know you like Memphis because you're from there. Right. So, of these four shots, what do you rank them one to four? Chris Jenkins winning the championship, this Jalen Sugg shot, Christian Leitner, or Mario, and Mario Chalmers tiring wow. shot? The, the Mario Chalmers one is going to be PTSD. Yeah, I'm going to have to say that one is the worst one. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That is objectively a fair statement. I, I, I'd probably still put the Christian Leitner shot up pretty high, passed by Grant Hill. That shot's just been an iconic shot in college basketball for such a long time. Then, I mean, this shot was... I'd probably have to put this one maybe... maybe I'd, I'd put it two. I would two as well. That's I w- mainly just yeah. to get the Mario Chalmers shot out of my head, though. That's fair. <laughs> I, I think we could probably both agree number one's got to be Chris Jenkins, right? though. That, that's the national... That's for the national championship. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I, I just think of that Leitner run with Duke, though. I don't know. That's I'm, true. I, kind of, I think that's... I don't know. I'm a big fan of the uh, the the Christian Leitner documentary. I can't remember the name of it, but the one that's on Netflix. I've, Ooh, ha- I've see seen that. that one probably two or three times at this point. It's it's pretty good. I'd have to watch that, but no. I I mean, for me, I have Chris Jenkins at number one. I mean, that's the national championship. That's one of the best. I remember watching pregame. I was like, somehow, I, not no joke, not even trying to be, not even trying to start anything here. I said that somehow someone's gonna win on a buzzer beater. I didn't say who. I didn't know who was gonna make it. I didn't know if Villanova was gonna win. I didn't know. If, I just said that when my my brother's dad. Honestly, I was just making a joke, but I didn't think it would actually happen. So then it happens. I mean, that shot was nuts. I mean, the perfect play to the shot beforehand. Um, I think it was Marcus Page in North Carolina who ties in on a real rainbow three, honestly. And then Archie Diacono drives right up the court perfectly and then hands it off to Jenkins and just a perfect shot. Right. I mean, that's just, oh. And then Chalmers, I mean, I was seven. Something what, like. about, uh, what about the Josh Hart shot that Villanova had? Like, is that 
the two, two years in a row? Because they won two in three years, right? Yeah. Because that one was I, – I remember watching that. That was a crazy shot when Josh Hart hit that. I'm trying to remember. Because that Nova team, I feel like they blew everyone out. Josh Hart. Yeah, those Nova teams were very dominant. Yeah, that's about – right. Especially that one shot. I mean – Because he hit it pretty close to half court, if not half court, right? Um, I'm blanking on it. No, oh, that was – yeah, I remember that was one of the first tournaments that I watched sort of like the whole way through because mo most tournaments I feel like just growing up I watched like some games on and off but I wasn't as invested in it. That was one of my first tournaments that I watched like from start to finish like almost every single game. I remember watching, I think the one I watched the most was probably 08. That was the first time I really watched most of them because <laughs> that I can think about. Sorry, I know. Probably because we were all happy about a lot of people in the air, in, in the city, at least in the city of Chicago, and you know, not really the suburbs. They were all excited for Derrick Rose. Right. Um, well, that season didn't happen, apparently. Apparently, that season didn't happen. Ooh, rewriting history. You love to see it in NCAA. Yeah, no. I, I still, I, I feel kind of weird, about, like, when those situations happen, like with Louisville getting theirs taken away. Yeah, that was something bad. They did all, it was really not a good thing they did at all. Like, like, I understand penalizing the coaches for breaking the rules or things like that, but taking the title away from the team, especially after it had been in place for that long. And you can't, and you can't rewrite his, like, you can't, no one in, like, 10 years from now is going to say, oh, that season never happened. Like, Reggie Bush won the Heisman, too. Like, you can't just right. say it did not happen. It happened. I was on the, I mean, last year with the Astros when that whole thing came out with Houston, at least in baseball, um, there, I thought they should take the title away, and then I thought about it over for a few weeks, like a little while, and I'm like, yes, they cheated, but you can't just rewrite history. Like, you can't say that title never happened. It did happen. There's no, unless there's a multiverse somewhere, which would be kind of cool, actually. But, like, yeah, that, I, I think, that ha it happened. I think it could maybe be different for, like, explicitly cheating, but just with, like, if it's something associated with, like, recruiting or something like that, I don't know why you can just take away the whole, like Louisville, the whole championship. Especially because Louisville lost, like, they, just because you get all the great recruits doesn't mean you're going to guaranteed win. I mean, I mean, Duke, with Duke had Zion four, and R.J. Barrett. Like, the four of the top five, top ten recruits in the nation, and they lost in the Elite Eight. Right. Or, yeah, I think the Elite Eight to um, Michigan State, I believe, so. You can't just say that that didn't happen. They, Louisville won the national championship. I don't care. I know what happened. It was not good. It's bad. Um, don't do what they did to try and recruit people. It's not very smart or nice. But anyways, like, yeah, you just can't say it didn't happen. And, um, like, they lost Kevin Ware that series in which that injury, ew, that's so sad. But, no, you can't just say it didn't happen. But anyways, other school, other guys, Baylor's in this game too. We would not forget Baylor. Baylor, I thought Baylor was getting out in the second round. I did. Maybe that's just me being dumb, but I thought Wisconsin could slow the game down with them enough, too, enough but I didn't realize. Because Baylor had been playing a little rough the last few times, and they had ever since they got back from their COVID stretch, but they made it all the right. way. And, yeah, I mean, my original prediction – well, I had – okay, I have no life, so I made a bunch of brackets because no life. And I had one bracket that had – um, the final four I had was Baylor, Houston, Michigan, Gonzaga. This close. This close, guys. So, that was disappointing. But, no, I mean, who, I, I mean, 
I guess that yeah, this is it. I mean, this is good. I think this game's going to be one of the best ever. I no, think. No, I, I think so too. Because I mean, like you were saying earlier, I mean, if you were just drawing up a basic b- bracket based off like the AP poll, and you're like, you know what, I think the number one team and the number two team are going to meet in the championship. It's March Madness. That basically never happens. Yeah. So it'll be nice seeing. It's going to be the best team and the second best team in the country mm-hmm. as consensus throughout the course of this year playing each other. And I think that, I mean, you've got, I mean, Gonzaga, and regard, win or lose tonight, I think they're arguably, um, they're already among the greatest teams of all time this season. They're Just, still undefeated at this point, aren't uh-huh. they? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, they'd be the first team to do it since Indiana in 75-6. So, with, I mean, no, again, no matter what, Gonzaga, this is the great one, arguably, uh, this is undoubtedly one of the best teams of all time, win or right. lose tonight. And... I think if they if they can win it, I think you can argue they're the best. And I mean, just what they did, that offense is historically dominant. I don't again. I was, a few weeks ago I was making the joke, the thing, though they didn't play competition. But I mean, yeah, that's true. They don't have sometimes don't have great competition. But what they do sometimes they schedule like teams. I believe they scheduled Iowa and West Virginia or other teams that were very highly ranked this season. They blew them out of the water. Gonzaga almost always schedules three or four blue blood programs to play or in the regular just ho- season. top-notch programs yeah like they blew i mean if you look at their schedule actually let's just let's just run through that schedule really quickly uh, like obviously they they blew out everyone this season it feels like <laughs> the only team like here's the thing ucla played a perfect game against them and they still lost right and if you want to say it was a lucky shot go ahead that's fine but you're just it's just whatever but, but yeah, see. I mean, Kansas, who was ranked number 12, West Virginia, who was ranked number 13th. I mean, Iowa, who was ranked number 8th, they beat. They beat BYU oh, no, when they, they were when, 23rd. Actually, when they beat Kansas, they was, Kansas was 6th when they beat Kansas. Oh, they beat West Virginia, who was 11. They beat Iowa, who was, I believe was 3 at the time. Virginia, 16th. And, obvi- and then they played Creighton in the national – in the um, – the Creighton in the – in, I think, the third round. Then they had to play Southern California. USC, who was a very good team this year. Uh, Baylor, number three right now. I mean, they almost, they didn't get to play Baylor because that game got canceled, which is unfortunate. But it's not like – I said it before. They played – some of the teams they played were not good. But when they played good teams, they beat them. Like, clearly, outright beat them by at least the – the closest game they had against – the closest game they had, they beat West Virginia by five. And I, that's that's about it. They beat, they blew out Oklahoma. They they d- destroyed Creighton. They destroyed US, USC. And the only team that gave them a great fight in the la- this tournament in the last several weeks, besides BYU, in the, um, their conference tournament, was UCLA. And UC, again, UCLA played a perfect game and they still lost. I don't see how. Again, Baylor can win because Baylor's fantastic. Their defense is great, and their offense can shoot very well. But I don't see how Gonzaga loses this game. Yeah, I mean, if there w- if there's a team to do it, it would be Baylor. It has to be Baylor. I mean, ba- ba- Baylor, I know a lot of people didn't pick Baylor coming into the Final Four. Out of the one seeds, I think the two that were absent in most people's brackets making it to the Final Four. Or Baylor and Michigan, probably. Yeah, yeah a lot of people thought Illinois was going to make it there. And obviously Gonzaga rightful in thinking that because they've been the best team in the country. But lots of people didn't have faith in Baylor making it this far. And kudos to them for making it all the way to the championship game. They've only lost two games this year. I mean, 
let, let's not act like Baylor's a bad team. No, or anything, of course not. But I I would still lean on the side of Gonzaga probably winning tonight at this point. I mean, they haven't lost a game so far this season. It's just hard to bet against the Bulldogs. No, it's it's almost impossible for me to do it. And like you said, I I personally. Objectively and bias-wise, I had Illinois in the national championship, but I, that I, what flaws does Gonzaga have? Like, do they have a flaw? No, they're great on offense and and defense too. I, I mean, mean Jalen Suggs is a quarterback out there. I mean, <laughs> I, he was actually like a three or four star recruit. He got recruited by Ohio State and Georgia for football, I believe. So that's something I didn't know until uh, Saturday night. But I mean. Those two are that team is legitimately unstoppable. Right. Like the, the you, you say that now and then they're gonna lose. They're gonna tonight. they're gonna lose tonight <laughs> and then I'm gonna get a bunch of angry people on my Twitter feed from Spokane. Adam, Washington. you said this team wasn't gonna lose tonight and then they lost. I'm gonna get a bunch of people angry at me on Twitter tonight. Just watch. <laughs> it's all right. Whatever. I'll live with it. Yeah. But I wouldn't I, be shocked if they lost, but Speaking of UCLA, TJ Leaf is signing a two-way deal with the Portland Trailblazers. So. Oh, TJ Leaf. That man's TJ Leaf's draft stock was so inflated by, by a, the fact a certain that he Lonzo played Ball. with Lonzo Ball. Like he was not good. When yeah, he was, he was not very NFL. good. Or was he? In Indi- oh, yeah. With the yeah, Pacers. he was with the Pacers for a while. I don't remember yeah. where he went after that. I stopped following the career of TJ Leaf. <laughs> I don't know if I ever did. No offense, TJ Leaf. Um, you would absolutely dominate me in one v one, one on one, as would anybody in the NBA. Or WNBA. Anyone who plays professional basketball would dominate me on one-on-one, and I'm very comfortable saying it. Actually, I saw a tweet today, and it asked this. If you were – it's a 1v1. You have LeBron's bas- – you have your LeBron's athleticism and, like, build, but your basketball skills. But LeBron versus LeBron with his skills, but your build and athleticism. I still take LeBron winning that game, even though he would be 5'10 and very overweight versus me at – Whatever my meh bas- bad basketball skills at six eight two sixty or whatever LeBron weighs. I think LeBron is a one of the most intelligent players to ever ever play basketball from a basketball IQ standpoint. But he could be my weight. He could be overweight like me, and he would still destroy me. But I mean, if I was six nine two forty, oh. could run at the speed of other point guards in the NBA. Like I I, I can barely run an eight minute mile. I mean, I can't even run any. I could. The me think if I even thought I can't laugh I could I would laugh at myself with the thought would, about that. I think I would pick myself with LeBron's body, not not even like with a like from a standpoint of just being a good basketball player, just because LeBron James has incredible physical tools in terms of his speed, his strength. It would be interesting me trying to take the post shots LeBron normally takes in games. <laughs> there you go. But. He he's a six nine two fifty, so. I don't know. He'd be a, I'd be a foot taller than him, <laughs> probably. I would be nine inch. LeBron is nine inches taller than me, seventy pounds heavier than me. I I just think it's difficult to win those matchups. I he, mean, let's see. He's probably he's yeah. He's about a foot taller than me, probably forty pounds heavier than me, maybe a little less. Cause uh, that's something I need to get back to. But in other words. In other news, but yeah, no, I don't know. I still, I, I don't trust, I, I don't care. I don't trust my basketball skills enough. I don't care. He, he would still be able to beat me. 
I'm not con- I, my basketball skills involve um I don't I don't again it's not about the skills it's about the body. <laughs> to me my basketball <laughs> skills involve me throwing hard illegal checks at people in middle school. You're just doing illegal screens nonstop. Very obnoxious ones that I probably should have gotten called a foul for. <laughs> but that's, that's take funny. take that. But anyway, anyway, you know, I I don't even want to make a score prediction for this game tonight cuz I can't. It's impossible cuz it could go to it could go to like three overtimes if I'm being honest. It could also just end in regulation. I don't see any. I don't think it's a blowout though. I think a lot of people. There are some people who say, "Oh, Gonzaga might blow them out." No, I don't think so. I think this is a very close. I think this is a game that we're going to be reminded that will remind us of that new Villanova and North Carolina game in 2016. I I think I I would probably if I were to predict a score, I'd say something around like 85-78. In that range, Gonz- where it's like Gonzaga it's a very or close game, I would say Gonzaga wins okay. that game. But yeah, it's like a, it's a, it doesn't get higher than double digits for most of the game, if at all. But I think at the end, Gonzaga should be able to pull away and like make the free throws to make it that seven point game. I, I could see if I all right, if I'm on a score prediction, I'm gonna go like eighty one seventy seven or something. Okay. Just because I can't see it becoming that even any bigger. I mean, Gonzaga can dominate any team on. I think Gonzaga could beat anybody. Right. Any team in the country, you can make an all-star team out of college players. I think Gonzaga would beat them. Maybe. Even with Cade, even with Cade, Evan Mobley. They would keep it close. <laughs> Obviously, you don't lose anybody from Gonzaga's team. Let's see who would that all. Let's see who would an all-star team not taking Gonzaga's players be? I think you have Cade, Evan Mobley. Ayo DeSumo, Luca Garza. Green from a G League Ignite. I mean, oh, that's not college. I, I guess if you're, yeah. I, I, I look out more from NBA draft prospects, that's but that's true. my NBA. <laughs> let's, let's see. Davion, oh yeah, wait, never mind. They have Davion Mitchell from Baylor. Would you Durr. put Drew Smith in there? I love you, Drew, but no. <laughs> Hats off to them, uh, the Mizzou basketball team for... And Mark Smith transferring to Kansas State, I believe. Xavier Pinson probably going to Arkansas or Auburn. I have a feeling that's it. I think he's totally going to go to Arkansas. I'm just going to call it right now. He's going to go to Arkansas just so he can play against the the the, the Missouri Tigers several times. Just because I mean, he's know angry. It's, you know he's not staying here. <laughs> yep, that's true. Wish him the best, though. Totally wish him the best. But, sure, I understand why he's doing it, too. No, I do, too. But, oh, well. Anyways, we will have to take a quick break right now, but then we will be right back with some NBA talk. And Joe loves NBA even more than I love the NBA, but I don't think I could tell you I love it more than Joe. So we have some plenty of NBA talk. So stay around for more Animal Association on KCU 88.1 FM. Can I get a hot take for a KCOU bumper? KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia, Missouri. Tune in to High and Tight with me and my co-host, Logan Perone, as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and on our website, kcu.fm on the blue box. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man. Mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat. But I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man. Mm, Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man. Mm, 
Fire threatens everything in its path. When it threatens our nation and our communities, we respond. We bring the fight to the front line. The Army National Guard stands ready to face the dangers of Mother Nature and protect our homes and our neighbors. We will always be there when your community needs us the most. Discover more about all the ways you can serve part-time in your community by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association at this station. I think Kid A is probably their best single album. Uh, my favorite individual song is Life in a Glass House, the perfect uh, mixture of harmony and chaos. Ken Bone, Radio KCOU, Welcome back to the Analytics Association on KCU 88.1 FM. I'm Adam Rosen, alongside special guest Joe Miller. So, we just finished up some NCAA talk, and excited. Everyone have fun watching the game. Be safe. Don't do anything dumb. Be safe. Again, I'm just going to repeat that again. (laughs) So, we had some NBA talk. So, NBA apparently is looking at some rule changes, actually. Uh, evaluating playing rules. I like the one of them. I like a lot. Adding a second challenge for coaches if they win their first. So that's like the that's like Major League Baseball, where if you win your first challenge, if you win a challenge, you get another one. Uh, only before I believe the seventh inning at, instead, actually though. So, and then the other one, I think you have some more opinions on this one than I do. So, yeah, in regards to the the, the shooting, because this is this is a big thing. Like when you're talking to, to like your uncle, your dad, or uh, your friend Spencer, like I was talking to the other day, uh, we're, we're chatting a lot about the idea of protecting the shooter in the NBA while not giving them free reign to just kind of lob themselves into defenders to get three free throws. There's certain situations where I think it's egregious, right? Like there's one that's been circulating a lot around NBA Twitter, the Luka Doncic, uh, Andrew Wiggins foul, where Wiggins jumps up into the air. It's clear he's not going to land on Luka, but Luka still, like, sort of jumps into him and forces the free throws. I think in that situation, that should be an offensive foul because the defender is not going to land into him and the offensive player is initiating the contact. If the defender is in the landing space of the shooter, though... That's where I still think it should be three free throws because, I mean, we, we've seen injuries in the past. Like, we saw, like, Jalen Rose on Kobe Bryant back in the early 2000s. And then, of course, uh, the Zaza Pachulia, Kawhi Leonard call a few years ago in the playoffs where if the defender closes out on the shooter like that, that can be really brutal. So I still think we need to protect that. I, I definitely will concede there's a lot of situations, though, where it looks indefensible. On the no, part of I the agree shooter. with you there. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, though, because, I mean, I think there are times where you see shooters just throw it up, and people who aren't as invested in basketball will just look at that and be like, 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 like what is this? This guy's just throwing it up from the three-point line. The defender's not really going to touch him. And in those situations, I would agree, I think that should be an offensive call, and I'm glad the league is at least looking into it to try to change that. Yeah, I, I think it's the right thing. I mean, I agree with you. No, if it's a closeout thing, like with the Zaza Kwilander thing, which was in a way kind of dirty, right? right? If we're being honest, 
I, I agree with you there. I, I think that's a fine thing to keep. Like, that's an all defensive foul. You can't, like, go in and make sure the guy can't even land. But if you're, like, like you see a lot of the time it's Trey Young who's jumping into guys. Like, right. like he's, like, throwing himself into guys. Like, he's reverse Marcus smarting himself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like a, it's, it's like a reverse flop, I guess. You're flopping into somebody else. Like, that. that's what gets me annoyed. It's just not fun. It's not fun to watch that. I don't think anyone wants to watch someone flop into somebody else. No one watches free throw highlights on YouTube. <laughs> Unless it's like Shaq or Joe Kimno or everybody's favorite player, Andre Drummond. Right. Andre Drummond. <laughs> I don't understand why so many Lakers fans were like, oh, my God, we need Andre Drummond. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, what a pickup. Andre Drummond's all right. I think Andre Drummond gives the Lakers like a solid offensive option, or not really solid, <laughs> a solid rebounder. But no, I would agree. I think he's, especially considering he's, I believe, a two-time All Star. He's only he's never won a playoff game before. I think he's only made the playoffs the one time in Detroit where he got swept by the Cavaliers, led by LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. I mean, Andre Drummond is not, like, a franchise-changing player, but I think he can still be a solid center for this team, especially when you look at guys, like, on this roster, like Mark Gasol adds a little bit of floor spacing, but he might not be 100% there offensively right now. And similarly, Montrez Harrell is a good option off the bench offensively, but defensively you might find some struggles, especially against a guy like Nikola Jokic or those bigger centers, so... I think Andre Drummond offers them a little bit of lineup versatility for the Lakers, and you basically got him for nothing because it was just in the buyout market. So if you're the Lakers, I don't hate that option. I think they have a lot of center versatility come the playoffs, but if Anthony Davis is healthy, there's a chance they just run the Anthony Davis at the five lineup. So at that point, is Andre Drummond and all of these other names just going to be on the bench the whole time? Probably, but... I mean, it's the buyout market. You're probably not going to get a guy who's going to be one of your five, six best players. Here it is. This is a graph. It took me forever to find it. But it's from March 23rd, and it's a graph of getting to rate. I think it's all players, any position, getting to the rim rating. Andre Drummond is the best player in the league at getting to the rim, and he's apparently the worst at finishing. He shoots like 43% on layups, and he's 6'10". He's a center. It's like... There's a there was a scout one time that said, uh, what was it? The Andre Drummond could get you thirty and twenty and have actually zero impact on the, on game. the game. No, I've seen that. That's quote. my thing. Like he doesn't do much. He's a statue. There's that one play. I think it was against the Grizzlies. If he, the one where he literally stands there, he's like holding the ball yep. and trying like to he's find. He's trying a to initiate the offense. He's on the elbow. He drives in, and the play just totally collapses. And, and he just just yeets it up like he's like. Just throws it like a Ferris wheel in reverse, and it just goes sky high. It makes <laughs> if there's an all-time shacked in a fool, that's an all-time <laughs> shacked in a fool for sure. It's like no disrespect on Drummond, he's a great rebounder, but I just don't all-time all great rebounder. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's like he how much do does much. he really impact the game? He the can't question. space your. He's going to destroy your floor spacing. Like there's nothing. Mu- he doesn't much he's a statue but i i think there can still be a place for andre drummond but th- th- i mean he's 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 a good he's a decent starting center option in the nba he's probably not worth the contract he was given where oh, he was no. getting paid like nearly 20 million dollar a year for five years making about 100 million dollars and 
that he's not a guy who can really be your franchise player at that price tag. So I, I think Detroit and Cleveland have both made the right move in moving on from him and trying to go more into the youth movement and rebuilding. And the Lakers do get a piece here who can hopefully help them at some point in the regular season in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. just where the Lakers are standing-wise, if the, if Andre Drummond can win them two or three games before the season is over, that's a win for them because they, they they just need to stop falling down <laughs> oh, in no, the standings. Absolutely right. They're fifth right now. The Nuggets just passed them. The Blazers are pretty close to pl- passing them, and the Lakers don't want to fall down to seven or eight and then have to play Phoenix or Utah in the first round. That would be a disaster for them. That could be a really scary situation for them. I mean, I think they would beat Utah. I do. I mean, if they're all healthy, obviously. I, I, I do think the Jazz are a very good team, but I don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs. Right. Because I like Gobert, and I do love I love Gobert Mitchell. I like Mike Conley a lot. I just don't see that Can, can you win a championship without a top 10 player in the league? Even the top 15. Would you say anyone that's top 15? I mean, if you want to say overall impact, I wouldn't hate having Rudy in, like, top 15. I don't think that's unreasonable. That's fair. But I wouldn't put Rudy Gobert in top 10. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are both, like, top 25 guys, I would say. But I, I don't know if either of them are superstars. Rudy Gobert is a defensive superstar, but... I've seen games where he's completely out of it offensively. Exactly, that's my problem. I saw someone pose the, someone posed me this random question, and I did. At first, I was like, "This is an easy choice," but then they said, "You can't trade either of these players. They're like <laughs> there forever. You get to pick. If you had to build around Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, you get those two for sure, or you get just Zion Williamson. You can't trade either one of the guys. You can't no trades at all. You can't trade any of these three. Right. One of these guys. Would you take one Zion or do, the, those two players? I would take Zion Williamson as of right now just because of his... I mean, Same. this is a guy who's shooting 60% from the field in his second season in the NBA. And this guy hasn't even played 80 games yet. This guy's shooting 25 points per game in his sophomore season. And he's only going to get better. He's not an awful shooter, but he can get better and, there. And it's not like he's shooting terrible. I mean, he's shooting, what, 34.8% from the three? I mean, that's not a lot. How many attempts per game? Uh... No, he's not taking that many threes. It, like, but. he doesn't even have, like, people have been comparing him to Giannis as just a guy who drives in and creates. Giannis has better spacing than him, especially mm-hmm. when they have Lopez at the five or they have yeah. P.J. Tucker at the five. Like, usually they play four out, and then Giannis can be the guy who tries to initiate and get to the rim. Zion's playing with Steven Adams and Jackson Hayes, who are clogging up the lane, and he's still incredible at finishing despite that uh, so. yeah i mean that you're not going to find somebody who has that much ability at that what this nickname on basketball references is anos i love that <laughs> <laughs> respect whoever Santa. put that there deserves a whoever put that on that website their website deserves a raise okay but no i mean where are you also going to find a guy who's 6'7", 284, who can move? I mean, he can move pretty decently, it looks seems like. I don't watch that many Pelicans, but I, from what I watched like on national TV, I mean, he's ridiculous. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He, you could very well argue he's top 20 right now. I mean, I think you could. Right, and, like, and he's someone, going someone to get was talking about this at the All-Star break. I don't think, unless there's injuries, we're going to see another All-Star game for a while without Zion Williamson in it. Yeah, that's – I mean, he could start. Probably he might get. I mean, not, he it's might not, be there next season. Honestly, it's not I mean, just where it's not just that he's that great. It's that he's very pop. He obviously is a very popular 
fan, the love player, it's easy to root for the guy. Plus, he's uber talented. Exactly, no, for sure. I mean, he and probably Luca, if Luca can continue to be how great he is, I mean, they're going to be the future. They're going to be the faces. Yeah. So eventually. Especially, like, when you look at the ages of the stars around the league. I mean, LeBron's 36. Hades getting to 33. Steph Curry's also in that realm. Same as James Harden. I mean, Luka and Zion might be the faces of the league within... A few years. Within two years, yes. honestly. Steph I mean, Curry is 33. Yeah, I mean... I forgot is, he was born. Is athlete. Steph Curry going to be an MVP at... 36 years old i mean maybe he could be i just don't think because i don't think his athleticism is as important because his shooting is i don't think yeah, his shooting's ever no, going to decline fair. badly like he's always going to shoot great like ridiculously well yeah it, it should be interesting to see steph curry as he gets up there in age now that's a that's an interesting question of just how long is steph curry going to be playing at this level and I'm going to be sad when Steph Curry is not playing because we've we've never seen anything like him before. And I know a lot of people compare guys like Trey Young to Steph Curry, but you can't. What Steph Curry does is special. We've never seen before and we probably won't for a while. Yeah, Steph Curry without there's no Trey. I don't think there is a Trey Young without Steph Curry. Right. I don't even think there there might not even be a Damian Lillard without <laughs> Steph Curry. Yeah, and, I mean, Damian Lillard just isn't as good. No, he's not. And I don't think he's ever going to be able to. I mean, Steph's not a good defender. I mean, he's not a good defender, but he's not awful, I'd say. I mean, Steph Curry's passable. Yeah, he's a he's a serviceable defender because of his great offense. And Trey Young is possibly the worst defender in the league. Like, not even hyperbole there. Like, no, no, you're totally right. Analytics-wise, they hunt him on switches. He's bad. <laughs> he's, like, bad is an understatement. He can provide so much offense for you, but I mean, part of that might be because he's his size. He's not. Yeah. Like Steph Curry's not very big either, but he's six three, one eighty five compared to what's Trey Young like. That was that was a debate a lot of people had with a guy like Steve Nash, where people... Trey Young six one. Yeah, I think uh, Trey Young I think might be listed as taller than he actually is because he looks like he's five eleven or six feet tall. Yeah, he's there. also shoot not shooting very efficiently, which. He's scoring a good amount, but the efficiency is an issue. I mean, he makes great pass. I mean, he's averaging, what, nine and a half assists per game. But he's shooting 35.8% from three. I mean, I don't even think Steph's ever shot that poorly from a season, for a season. I think, obviously, last year, that's a wash. He played five games. Uh, Steph Curry, the lowest career three-point percentage I'm not. I'm not even count again. I'm not going to count last year. He should, he played five games. Was this is this year at 406? Four, 406 <laughs> is his lowest. Is his lowest mark. 40.6 percent is his lowest career three point percentage shot. I mean, there are people who don't like Steph Curry because the Warriors were so great for so long, and I think a lot of us. I got into that when I was younger. When I was, I, was, I mean, not that I was <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> well. Two years ago, I didn't like when I was like 14, 15, and all. I was like, "Ooh, I hate them!" Like it's the same thing I did with like Tom Brady. I hated Tom Brady because he always won. And I'm like, over time, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's over like only if in a year or two. But like, I've grown to. I think a lot of people have grown to say, "Okay, we have to just appreciate and respect that because it's like you're gonna miss them when they're gone, even if they're always winning. Like they've always been winning. At least again, like with someone with Tom Brady. I mean, like that's football. But and Steph Curry mm-hmm. is such a tremendous talent. I mean. 
I think when Steph Curry retires... It's going to be a sad day. He might be the greatest offensive player to play the game, just in terms of the gravity he draws when he crosses the half-court line. He was so good offensively, Kevin Durant was getting open looks for two years with him. I mean, I remember those playoff games drove me insane, like just watching the coverage Kevin Durant was getting. It's because the defense centered around Steph Curry. I I mean, I used to think Kevin Durant might be all-time higher than Durant... Durant. Then Curry, I think it's different. I actually don't anymore. I think Steph Curry, if you had to rank the two all time, who would you rank higher? I would probably put Steph. I really would. Right. No, I, I that's tough because, I mean, I'd say both of them are probably, like, legitimately within a spot of each other. Yeah. Like, maybe 13th, 12th all time, somewhere in that range. And I think they'll probably be top 10 when they go on. When they retire. Probably. I want to see what happens uh, next few years with Brooklyn and then with what happens with Steph Curry. But, I mean, I think Steph Curry, I would put him above Kevin Durant. I would, too. With but what like, he's done. With one within a spot. That's one thing. I want, if people are, there's debates about, like, who's all-time greats right now. I mean, LeBron, no doubt, on thousand trillion percent. Um, how many, there are, like, so many all-time greats that you could argue are playing right now. Like, players who are going to roll along down as top 20, top 25 players all time. Right now. Yeah, I mean, I think... Like, you have LeBron. Right. I think you could argue Harden a bench, possibly. Harden and Giannis are the two question marks, if they can kind of make it into that conversation. I think they both very much deserve to be in that conversation. They're close. I mean, if Harden wins an MVP this year, which... It's possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, he could totally do it. No, that's that's fair. I think he has to be in that. Um, Durant and Curry are already there, for sure. Right. I don't know about Kawhi. I think you could put Kawhi, but Kawhi's... Kawhi, it's the longevity. That's the thing. His longevity is always is going to be an issue because he doesn't play every game. And obviously, it worked out in 2018-19 with the Raptors, but... If if he wins a finals <laughs> with and a the finals Clippers. MVP with the Clippers, then yeah, I think you have to put him there. I, I think we're looking at this a little bit recency of just ah, oh, the Clippers haven't won anything, and of they course. haven't. I mean, Clippers have been disappointing so far. Forever. If, if Kawhi is able to win another championship and another finals MVP, I think you kind of have to put him in the top twenty-five. I mean, three finals MVPs, three different teams. I think right now we're looking at it from the standpoint he hasn't won anything with the Clippers. Maybe the finals MVP in San Antonio has a little bit of an asterisk because he was maybe the third best player on that team. And, I mean, he, he wasn't really the guy no, on that team. Not. I mean, it was Tim Duncan. It was Tony Parker. It was, it was Manu Ginobili. Yeah. I, yeah. You have to wonder that. I mean, obviously you put – where do you – if we're looking at top players all time – I mean, you have you have LeBron and Jordan and Kobe up there for sure, Shaq right. and all. But I, I just wonder, there's so many. There's definitely even if you had to all take it. There's a lot of players who are going to be Hall of Famers that are playing right now. No, like, I, that's I, insane. Absolutely. Like LeBron's lock. Honestly, put LeBron in right after Carmel he retired. Anthony, Dwight Howard, or locks. Thank you. Finally, someone with sense who says <laughs> Carmelo is a Hall of Famer. Oh my God, so many people say he's not, and it angers me because people don't realize that the Basketball Hall of Fame. Even on NBA accomplishments alone, I think he should be. Take away his national championship at Syracuse. Take away his gold medals. He's still one. People don't realize that all comes into what you do in college and uh, and in international. That 
counts. That right. does take into play. See, I'm not saying he's obviously not the best American player of all time, but in terms of what, who players who played for Team USA and what they accomplished for Team USA, he's probably the greatest player who's ever played for Team USA in just in co- what he won with the team, right. just because of how many gold medals he's won there. And I mean, come on. And Dwight Howard, yes, Dwight Howard for sure. I think so. You have Chris Paul, guaranteed. James Harden for sure, probably definitely. Yeah, Kyrie Curry. Irving. I don't know yet. I mean, I think Kyrie Irving will get there just on the all-star appearances alone because, I mean, I think he's at seven right now. He's probably going to get at least two more, and then he has the most, probably one of the most clutch shots in finals history, maybe only second to Ray Allen. So I think considering the all-NBAs, the all-stars, and, I mean, he might win a title this year or in the future with Brooklyn. I don't think that's impossible, and... He's going to be – if you get 10 all-star appearances, I think you're basically a lock. For the oh, honest. And then there's uh, – uh, you said James Harden. Anthony Davis, maybe? Probably? I think Anthony Davis Where will he will. It's, I don't know if it's a lock yet, but he will be, I think. Um, well, we have said LeBron Durant, Steph, obviously. What about Clay Thompson? Ooh, <laughs> Clay I Thompson don't... and Draymond Green are interesting. Draymond Green, I could see you very well argue a case for just because of his his point his his numbers aren't gonna pop out, but it's because he's beyond his numbers. Like Draymond Green's effort, like gets a lot of uh, flack for things, but like if you go, you don't have to look at his numbers to know how great of a player he is. He's such a great team defender and all that. He, he does so much for that Warriors team. I think with Clay Thompson, it's unfortunate because I'm one of the people who is sort of down on him returning well, just considering the fact that he had an ACL tear and And then an injury. Yeah, it'll be the first. I believe it'll be over 700 days since he last played an NBA game. Yeah, I'm I'm not high on his return chances in terms of just being an all-star caliber player. I think he can still be have a positive impact. And I hope we're wrong. I hope we're wrong. No, yeah, I I want him to do well, but of course, odds-wise, I just wouldn't bet on that. And he's a five-time all-star. He's one of the best shooters we've ever seen. I would want to put Clay Thompson in the Hall of Fame. I mean, there's if he had two more All Star appearances, I think it's a lock. Of course. If, if you put him at seven All Star appearances, three championships, and then being what like top five and three pointers made, it's th- those injuries just came at really bad times. Yeah. I mean, if Clay Thompson is healthy, one that he could have maybe won another championship, and then two, he'd probably be healthy for the next season or two. It's it's just really unfortunate what happened to Clay there. That's, yeah. You hate to see those kinds of things. And I think other players who are Hall of Famers right now, I mean, we argued this a few weeks ago, maybe two. What Russell Westbrook to me is, I don't, I know. No, I think Russell the Westbrook's win, a Hall The winning of Famer. is not, obviously, he's never won anything big. Outside, like, out, well, on his own, he's not, he on his own, he can't, he's not enough to lead a team to a championship, even with another. He's not, he might not even be a second option on a team, a championship team. And look, I love Russell Westbrook as a player. He's an in, but obviously, even if he's a stat pad or whatever, and even if he makes the playoffs, he doesn't win in the playoffs, and that's fine to argue that. I think uh, my personal thing is that I think the amount of people who say he's overrated makes him underrated because everyone says he's overrated. And in turn, like, if everyone says you're overrated, you can't really be overrated at that point. You're I mean, not. Th- this is a guy who's led the league in assists twice. He's led <laughs> the league in scoring. He's If he averages a triple-double this season, he'll have averaged a triple-double in four seasons. He's won the MVP. He's had nine all-star appearances. I mean, 
This guy is an incredible player. One of, uh, one of the most athletic point guards ever, well, if not players. Yeah, one of the most fun players to watch. I mean, I have gripes with Russell Westbrook and his efficiency. I don't think he can be the number one option. Oh, of but, course. I mean, it just, I mean, he's got a better resume than Tracy McGrady, who made it in with 10 all-star appearances. Mm-hmm. If you win the MVP and you have nine all-star appearances, you're going. book it in. You're, you're getting you're in the go, Hall of Fame. You're going. I mean, then you have guys like, who else? Like, you think Giannis would be a lock right now? Because he's already won two MVPs and a yeah. defensive player of the year. Yeah, no, I think Giannis is a lock right I mean, now. he could retire right now. I think he would be in. Yeah, just in terms of, I mean, I mean, I know people have, similarly to Russell Westbrook, have been critiquing, like, can Giannis be the guy on a team? I still think he can be. I think it's just been an issue of his utilization. They and, poor, Mike Budenholzer does not coach him well in the playoffs. He should not be playing. Yeah. If he's not playing 40 minutes in the playoffs, that's inexcusable coaching to me. And one thing I like that I think is underrated about them getting P.J. Tucker is now they can run Giannis out as essentially the five with P.J. Tucker out there, and I think that's what you should do with him in the playoffs because him and Brooke Lopez, there are series where that just won't work. And if you have Giannis as a screener for guys like Drew Holiday, for Chris Middleton, that's going to be unstoppable in certain series. I just think it's been an issue where Milwaukee has just not utilized him correctly he's he's shouldn't be handling the ball late in games in some of the places he's been and there's also just been some bad luck to it I mean the game three against Toronto there were a few bounces away from winning that game I mean it went to double overtime Milwaukee was up 2-0 in that series Mm -hmm. if they're able to win that game they're probably going to the finals yeah and if the Warriors are unhealthy like they were I think the Bucks win that and, I mean, yeah, last year was obviously embarrassing, losing to the Heat how they did, but... Of course. I don't know. But I, the Heat... I, Giannis is still young. I mean, he's... What, he's 26? What? Yeah, I think he's... Yeah, he's 26 years old. He's going to have at least four more years of this level, I would say. At least, for sure. Unless a catastrophic injury happens. He's a two-time MVP. He's won Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, Giannis is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it's not fair. That's one. That's something I like to say. I've been able to see him play in person once, and it was really cool. But speaking of Drew Holiday and the Bucks, that's perfectly segues into the last thing we're going to talk about here. Drew Holiday got the bag. Nope, I think his agent is going to be putting this deal on all of his business cards. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd, yeah, yep. You could, yep, one hundred percent. Drew Holiday, uh, for uh, people who haven't seen, he got extended for. Four years, $160 million with incentives, $134 million without incentives, with a player option in that fourth year. So Milwaukee has three years, including this season, locked up with Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Is that a team that can win a title? I'm still unsure of that, but if you're a city like Milwaukee, I think this is the best you can do. I mean, small market teams overpay for their all-stars all the time. I'm from Memphis, and I remember Mark Gasol got a five-year, $100 million contract. No one else was offering anywhere near that. Similarly, Mike Conley was a little overpaid when the Memphis Grizzlies finally re-signed him. People were like, oh, is Mike Conley worth $30 million a year? That money's a little bit more fair now considering the Supermax that's come into play. But if you're a small market team like Milwaukee, you're probably going to have to make some of these moves. It's unfortunate because... You know, is Drew Holiday worth $36 million in the fourth year of this contract? Probably, Probably not. not. I mean, <laughs> he's 
he's a guy who's getting into his 30s at this point. I mean, it, it's it's a move you have to make, though, if you're Milwaukee. I mean, they gave up so much draft equity to trade for this guy. If he were to go into free agency, he'd be the second-best free agent, second to only Kawhi Leonard, who's unrestricted. I mean, you have to sign some type of extension just to keep this guy moving forward. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. But unfortunately, we have to go this that as we are running out of time here. And thank you, Joe, for coming on. Appreciate it. We'll have yeah, to have you sure. on more often for sure. Uh, but that is all for Joe Miller. I'm Adam Rosen here on the Adelaide Associates.